0: Welcome to another episode of the Solve My World podcast. This is your host Joseph Ward. Today is episode forty-nine, entitled "Personal Preparedness." So last week we talked about how uh, how it's more important to focus on helping people to be personally prepared as opposed to the having one government be prepared or one organization be prepared. It's better to have lots of smaller groups or or families or individuals to be prepared so that we can all uh, find the best solutions and help each other out in times of need so so today i was going to talk about how we can apply that to our personal lives what is it that we can do to make ourselves more prepared now i'm not a uh, super into like prepper Type stuff, though I do think it's it's kind of interesting and can be useful in a lot of ways. It's not something I have applied very much in my life, but I do enjoy listening to the Survival Podcast, which is kind of like a preparedness show. though like I've mentioned before, it's really more of like a lifetime or lifestyle design show um, with a bent towards uh, towards uh, preparedness, but it's more about how to just make your life easier in a lot of ways, whether times are good or bad. So so I really like that one. So if you're interested in the subject, that's the podcast I'd recommend you try out, the Survival Podcast. And with that being said, I'll kind of talk about what I think are the kind of the things I've gleaned over the years that I think are most important to us. So the first one that I think is probably the most important is kind of being emotionally prepared. So a lot of people, the reason why they start getting interested in preparedness in the first place is because they are exposed to some kind of disaster or they hear about something or they learn about something that just gets them nervous for whatever reason. And whether that's they see a natural disaster or they hear about how fragile our grid system is or or how the monetary system works or, you know, any of these different things that when people first hear about them, it's kind of surprising. And there's a lot of people online, especially with the doom and gloom that, that are saying, you know, basically everything's going to collapse any second now and where, you know, they might be right. It might collapse any second now, but that's what they've been saying for, you know, at least as long as I can remember. So 10 years, they've been saying that. And, uh, and I do think that there's a lot of potential risks out there um, for things like that. But as we'll talk about today, the the a lot of those things, there's not a whole lot we can necessarily do about it, and. And worrying about it isn't going to make it any better, at least worrying to the detriment of ourselves. What can make us better is if we think to ourselves, okay, what are ways we can mitigate it? In other words, what are ways we can make ourselves anti-fragile? And I know I've been reading that book right now, and so it's kind of informing a lot of my thinking, especially at this moment. But, But I think that's what it comes down to a lot, especially when it comes to preparedness. Because I think I mentioned it in the in the preparedness, individual preparedness versus societal preparedness episode, how when you've got a system that's fragile it means that if there if there's any volatility it makes the system worse. And then there's robust where if there's volatility it can survive. And then there's anti-fragile where if there's volatility it actually does better. So ideally what we want to do is be anti-fragile or at least be robust so that if something If some disaster happens or some um, economic downturn happens, we actually will benefit from it. In fact, most of the uh, wealth, well, let's see, how should I phrase this? A lot of the richest people in the United States have become wealthy during times of recession or because of times of recession. Um, Some of the wealthiest people uh, came from the Great Depression. Because uh, if you are prepared beforehand, then when when there's a depression or something, it's basically like everything in the world just went on sale. So if you've prepared yourself financially before then, when everything's on sale, you can buy things cheaply. And then, uh, and then when things go good again, you've got all this extra stuff for cheaper. So that's an example of being anti-fragile. When there's volatility, people who are prepared can capitalize on it. And then, if we're robust, we at least can weather the storm and basically uh, not uh, not be hurt too much by the situation. So that's what we're gonna go for. So just remember, for the emotional part, uh, it doesn't do any good to just get really panicked and and uh, you know run out and try to stockpile everything right away, because chances are you've still got some time. As long as you start thinking about it and uh, preparing for it now, then that's that's the most important thing you can do. Uh, of course, eventually someone's going to be caught uh, too early, but but it's very unlikely that it's going to be you. So it's probably not worth the uh, the panic. Because a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll panic about something like that. They'll go out and buy tons of food storage, and you know, build themselves a bomb shelter and. Uh, you know, do all these crazy things and put themselves into a bunch of debt because they're like, well, the debt won't matter if, you know, if the world comes to an end. And so they do all that stuff and then a year passes and then another year passes and another year passes and nothing bad happens and whatever scary thing they were scared of kind of fades away and people aren't scared of it anymore and it moves on to some other thing for people to be scared of and now you're you've got all this preparedness stuff you bought and you've got a bunch of debt and a lot of people kind of get resentful or at least they think wow that was dumb and then they kind of go the opposite where they just go back to their old ways and we don't want that either so what we want is just a logical approach to this where we try and figure out what it is we can do to to make our lives better right now and also make sure that we're anti-fragile or robust if things go bad. So the first thing you need to do to get your mindset right after you've gone through kind of this emotional thought process is you think to yourself, okay what are my different risks and how fragile am I to these different risks? And so the most common things are not the things that most people think of. So usually if if someone's like, are you prepared? You're going to think, you know, uh, earthquake or hurricane or fire or uh, economic collapse or war, you know, things like that. But the most likely things to happen are actually things that we, we often don't think about because they're things that just happen to one person or a few people. For example, losing your job, that's probably the most common disaster that most people face. If you have a job and you're kind of specialized in that job, and that's the thing that you do, then if you lose your job, you've lost your source of income. And that's a that's a pretty big hit in our society today, because your income is what what most people rely on. Most people haven't spent the time to, to build up their investments, and so their income is the only thing that Keeps them from basically living on the streets, so you want to uh, make sure that your income is uh, is something you think about. So, lost job is one of the uh, disasters that happen to most people. Uh, sickness, whether it's you or a family member, you know, getting cancer or or having other, some other uh, sickness that that can cost a lot of money that's a disaster that happens to a lot of people. Uh, disability is another one, kind of along the same vein. If you get disabled, what are what are the consequences of that? If you are a construction worker and you break your back, you're not gonna be able to do construction work anymore, then what, uh, you know, that's a pretty big disaster for your personal life. Um, unexpected expenses are things that can happen, you know, if you have to replace your roof or, uh, or you get into a car accident or, you know, I don't know what other types of things there are. But these unexpected expenses can kind of be a disaster in people's life. They just go into credit card debt and that can really cause issues. Uh, death. If uh, you or a loved one dies, how is that going to affect the family? So those are things that happen basically every day. Uh, it's happening to thousands of people right now. Uh, all these little mini disasters, but they don't get much press because, you know, it's so common that it happens. But in each person, it's a little mini disaster. And and it can set people back for years and years when something like that happens. And so, so those are some disasters that you want to be prepared for. Some of the ones that people think of that are less likely, but usually end up being more disruptive, are things like natural disasters, economic problems, wars, pandemics, and, you know, things like that. Uh, and so that, those, are, those are kind of like the uh, exciting popular things to be prepared for, but they're not as likely to happen, and they happen to a more widespread area. But one of the good the good news of all this is if you prepare for the most common things, you're pretty much going to be set for the less common, more, uh, more uh, devastating type things. And so, so you want to try and find ways to make yourself anti fragile in these situations. So if you look at some of these, uh, some of these more common things, let's go through each one of them real quick. So if you have If you've lost your job, then what are the things that are going to make it so that that's not as much of a problem? Uh, One, if you've got savings, uh, whether that's food savings, you know, food storage or it's money, um, that can help a lot. Uh, And if you've got personal connections, you can use that to get a new job quickly. Uh, If you've got a side hustle, a little mini... um, Basically, a mini business that you're running on the side, you can potentially turn that into your full-time business, and that might actually end up being a good thing for you. That's where you're kind of anti-fragile. If you have a side hustle going, uh, or many side hustles, depending on you know the situation, you actually it could actually be a good thing if you get fired from your job. So you get fired from your job, that volatility forces you to really double down on your side hustle and you end up having a better life overall. I've heard of many, many people that that's what's happened. They were just, they weren't quite comfortable enough to make the leap and make their side hustle their full-time business, but when they lost their job, they decided, well, may as well just put all my effort into this and grow it. So that that's an example of being anti-fragile because it actually makes your life better when that happens and then having savings and personal connections can be uh, savings is probably more robust Uh, you can basically weather the storm if you've got savings and you've got food storage that can help you weather the storm until you find a new job and personal connections kind of helps you to be a little bit anti-fragile as well because you might find an even better job uh, depending on the personal connections you've made so uh, sickness if you or a loved one gets sick, you know, having savings again is an important thing, or I guess we can uh, substitute in savings for financial freedom as well, uh, kind of a similar thing. If you don't, if money's not as much of a concern, then a lot of these things suddenly aren't as big of an issue. Uh, insurance is a good way to uh, to be robust against sickness, having health insurance. Uh, maybe having your personal support group, so whether that's personal connections, friends, family, things like that, they can they can help you out in these times, and that's one of the one of the best ways to be prepared because we're not all gonna, as we talked about before, we're not all gonna be able to prepare for every little thing, and so helping each other out is an, a way to be extremely robust and even anti fragile because it makes everyone else feel good. You know, when you when if you get sick and you need help and your neighbors come and help you, you're going to be really grateful to them and feel good about it, and they're going to feel really good about helping you. So it's a win-win. So, so that's uh, some of the important things for that. Uh, if you're disabled, kind of a similar thing. Savings, insurance, personal support group. If you have une- unexpected expenses, again, savings, insurance. Um, death, savings, insurance. You see there's a lot of similarities going on here. So what are some of these less likely things? If we look at the same thing, if there's a natural disaster, having food storage is good. Um, potentially uh, m- money uh, um, savings it was like saying money storage. That's not quite the right word. Uh, and insurance, of course, can be really good. A lot of people uh, I heard about when the hurricane happened, I'm trying to remember exactly what the details were now, But it seems like there was some technicality where some of the people who were like in the floodplain, they didn't have um, flood insurance because it was too expensive. And so when their houses were uh, flooded and destroyed, they didn't have insurance on their houses. And can you imagine uh, something like that happening that would just devastate your life? And so I think I think insurance is one of the coolest inventions humans have come up with. And yeah, it does it, uh, it doesn't feel very good to pay the premiums every month and it feels like you're kind of just throwing your money away. But what you're buying is peace of mind and that ability to be uh, robust in these situations. So if you have um, you know, flood insurance on your house, then you're not going to be worried about a flood ruining your, um, ruining your financial life. And, and so that's, I think that's worth it in most cases, of course, you need to look at each situation case by case. You know, if I I live here in Utah, getting tornado insurance might not necessarily be, uh, might not necessarily be worth it though. I probably could get tornado insurance and it'd be really, really cheap because it's so unlikely, but it's probably not something I would really necessarily worry about. And then if you've got enough money that you don't, that you could basically self-insure. In other words, if you had enough money that if your house was completely destroyed, you could just buy a new house and it wouldn't really set you back too much, then you probably don't need to worry about the insurance. Um, But the idea is if you can't afford to replace it, you should insure it. That's kind of the rule of thumb. So, So insurance is a great way to be robust in these situations. Um, let's see, next one, economic problems. So again, having a food storage, having social connections is really important. Um, depending on what kind of economic problem, having different assets or, or money savings, uh, can be useful. War, war is a tough one because it, it depends. It, it basically causes other problems. Um, you know, if you get displaced and you're a refugee, that can be tough. Um, But having, uh, having, uh, prepared with some, I guess we'll talk about it more in a little bit, but like having a 72 hour kit or a bug out bag, something you can just grab and go. And it has, it has some of your basic stuff or even having a plan beforehand. That's something I haven't talked about, but what it's probably a good idea to kind of have a general plan. If you had to leave your house for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, some natural disaster or war or something, um, where could you go and have several different options and have, have an idea of how you're going to get to those places and have backup plans for those. Um, I've heard people say you should have three destinations in mind and you should have three ways to get to each one of those destinations. So in total, you basically have nine routes to get to three different places so that you always have options depending on which way you need to go. So that's something you can kind of think about, and depending on where you live, uh, you it may may might be more or less likely for that to happen. Um, like for me right now, it's war is probably not super likely, at least at this moment, and so it's not something I have to think a ton about. Uh, but in some places, you know, like if you're living in Africa and many of those countries, it's like basically a every few year thing or a constant thing. There's gonna be war so um so that's something uh, that you can be prepared for Uh, pandemics again having food storage is a big one if you have to stay in your house for a long period of time having food storage which we've kind of seen in the united states with the um with the quarantine and stuff with the COVID 19 virus Uh, A lot of people are panicking and going out and trying to buy... You know, toilet paper was kind of the famous one. Everyone was running out of All the stores were running out of toilet paper... Because everyone went out and was trying to buy it all right away. And... uh, Whereas the people who've had it in storage... You know, they're not super worried about it. And so... So that's one thing that can help you have a lot of peace of mind... Is having that storage. Because if it had actually been like a really bad sickness... Then you might not have been able to even go to the store at all, and that would have that that would have been really hard for a lot of people. In fact, that's one of the things that I think it makes us very very fragile as a society is the fact that we um, people don't have they're not prepared for these things in a lot of ways, but especially like on the, on the food front because you people get hungry pretty fast. It's not super likely that our water supply is going to be cut off too bad, but but not being able to go to the store and get food is gonna be hard for a lot of people. So, so that's something that is really important for, for people to do. Okay, so that's all the examples that I had so far, but as you could probably notice, Uh, the main things that we had going on there is let's see, no I lost it I lost it in my notes, where'd it go? oh there it is, so the most common things we talked about there you know, savings and food stores were basically on every single one Uh, so that should tell you something, personal connections was in most of them Um, and, and, uh, and insurance was in most of them so those are probably the things that you want to focus on first, uh, and and so I'd, I'd start looking at insurance, uh, and then start getting some food storage as well as savings built up, you know, go towards that financial freedom. Those are the best ways to be prepared, in my opinion, and of course I'm not an expert in this, as in most things, this is just kind of the knowledge I've gleaned from listening to lots of different sources, so take it for what it's worth, but that's that's kind of my my focus the most important things savings food storage insurance um, and then as well try to build up your local support groups as well as um, uh, as well as you know online support groups uh, so that you can help each other out that can help fill in a lot of the gaps you know if I happen to have stored a lot of a certain, you know, like say tuna fish, and my neighbors happen to store a ton of wheat, then maybe we can kind of trade and, and both get something, uh, make our diets a little bit more varied. So getting to know people is, is very important when times are good, because then when times are tough, it's gonna be, you know, one, people are gonna probably be a little bit more distrustful and you'll need to be more wary about strangers. And so it's good to already have those connections. Okay, so I wanted to just to finish up, give a few tips on on uh, how to actually do these things, and and also just how it's going, how it will uh, make your life better, even in the even if things don't ever go bad. So first one, make a budget, start saving, financial freedom, get insurance. Um, well, maybe I should say get insurance is the first tip. That's something that, that I need to, to look at more too. I need to get some more insurance for myself. And if you're interested in learning more about insurance, uh, one podcast that's really good is the Radical Personal Finance podcast with Joshua Sheets. Um, he's a financial planner turned podcaster. And he's very knowledgeable on the subject, and he does a good job of breaking it down. So if you go to his website and look at the archives, you can find he talks about a lot of different insurance pro- products, and that's been really interesting for me. If you're not really interested in learning it yourself, then find yourself a good financial advisor, which is hard sometimes. A lot of financial advisors aren't aren't uh, very good at their jobs, but, but if you can find a good financial advisor, then... Uh, then they can help walk you through uh, these different options. Or even like an insurance uh, salesman or something might be good. But it's probably better to have someone like a financial advisor that's a little bit more separated from the outcome. So they're not trying to just sell you one certain product. So after insurance, uh, make a budget, start saving, go for financial freedom. That's a big one. Uh, Most of these disasters are... Not very big disasters, at least for uh, you know. They might be emotional disasters, but uh, but they're not going to destroy our lives if we have uh, if we have financial freedom. And so, most people they suggest at least getting a thousand dollars set aside in savings to start, and then work on trying to get a few months worth of of your expenses saved up. And and then you can feel pretty good about your situation, because if you have a few months of savings, then that's that's pretty good for most people to be able to, like, find another job. Um, But obviously, I think that all of our goals should be to try to get to financial freedom as quickly as possible so that we just have more options. We have more freedom to uh, to do different things. So uh, so that should be the goal, I think. The next one is food storage. So one of the ways to look at, to think about this is eat what you store, store what you eat. So you want to try and look at what your diet currently is and try to think of how can you store um, more of those things for the long term? Or how can you learn to eat more of the things that are easier to store? You know, kind of think of both of those at the same time. Because obviously if you eat salads every day, it's kind of hard to store a salad. But Um, with things like dehydration, you can dehydrate vegetables or, or get like freeze dried stuff, uh, canning, um, putting stuff in the freezer. These are all good ways to, to store things for the long term. But a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll, they'll like either just get a ton of, you know, like wheat and beans and rice, things like that, and just put them down in their basement as storage, or they'll like buy these expensive, uh, um what do they call like dehydrated meals and you just put them down in the basement and then it's like well if something bad happens i'll have all that stuff down there and i think that's that's good but the problem with that is now that stuff is basically only useful if something bad ever happens which is not very likely and so for most people they end up you know like i've i've helped a lot of people when they've either moved or or they have had their loved one die or something. Like if, um, I'm trying to think of what word I'm trying to say. So like when an an old couple dies and they're cleaning out their house, a lot of them just have tons and tons of this this stuff stored up that they've never used and it's been sitting there for 30 years. Most of it's probably still good. So like I'll take it a lot of times and I can feed it to my animals and I could probably use it for myself too, but uh, depending on what it is. But it's just like they they put all the money and time into storing that and then they never ended up using it. Now, on the one hand, it is kind of like insurance where, you know, if you don't have to use it, that's great, but you have it just in case you need it. But I think what would be better is if you can uh, you can have it if things go bad, but then it also makes your life better in the short term. So what I mean by that is if you are storing things that you're currently eating, you can kind of do like a like a deep pantry type of situation where instead of having to go to the store to get the things that you eat, you just go down to your storage room and get the things that you eat. And then when things go on sale, you can bulk buy those things and add them back to your own storage. And you can just rotate through your food that way. And this is kind of my goal. Um, I haven't been able to implement it a whole bunch because... I don't have a lot of space right now, but I have done it a little bit when I see something that I eat a lot go on sale. I just buy basically as much of it as I can or um, or that I think I can eat before they expire or, you know, a reasonable amount that won't take up all my storage. And then I just have that there. And so like I did that with tuna fish a few years ago, I bought a whole bunch of tuna fish and it's still got a couple years before it expires. And I don't even know if tuna fish really ever expires. Some things they put expiration dates on it just cause they're required to, even though it might not actually ever expire. But anyway, I don't know if that's how tuna fish is. You can look it up online, how long things will actually last past their expiration date. But anyway, the whole point of this is I bought a whole bunch and I still have like a case or two of this tuna fish. So whenever I need tuna fish, I just go and grab it. And I haven't had to buy tuna fish for a long time. And that's just one thing. And I've got a few other things like that. But it just is nice that I always have that in case I need it. And it saves me money because I bought it all like half off. So basically every time I use a can, it's like I'm saving 50%. I'm making a 50% return on investment every time I... I uh, use one of those cans. So so anyway, I think that's, uh, that's kind of what you should start thinking of. How can you, one, you need to be able to figure out what things you like to eat, and how can you try and store them better? Two, you need to look at what you're storing and try to figure out how you can incorporate it into your diet more often. And three, probably the most important, is you need to have some sort of system to organize it. Um, I, I've always liked the idea of having a... Um, a two-sided shelf where you can put new stuff in the back and then pull stuff out of the front so that it just rotates for you. Um, I think that's really nice if you have the space to do that. Uh, if not, just just come up with some system where you can make sure that you're eating stuff before it expires, because if it expires, it you know it's kind of a waste. Um, and so you want to be eating the oldest stuff first and have a system where you can be rotating through it. Uh, so that's, and it, it is kind of tricky. Okay, so you you store, store what you eat, try to get some food storage. Uh, the next, or I guess the last one I have is help those around you and build social connections. So try to look around at what people around you need and try to help them out with things. Uh. And that's, that's one of the best ways to get to know people. And again, it makes you feel good when you can help other people out and it makes them feel good when you help them out. And then they're gonna wanna help you out too, in the future. And it's it's just good for everyone when we can help each other out. So we wanna we wanna create friendships with people, try to be friendly with as many people as you can and, and uh, try to see how you can help each other out and maybe even get together and help other people out, you know, as a group. Um, that can be really powerful as well. But as you do this, you can have people that if you have a time of need, you can ask them for help and they'll be willing to do it. Or they may even just notice that you need help and, and do it uh, and and help you out before you even ask. And so this can be really good if a disaster happens, but it's also really good just in normal life. Because, for example, I needed to, I, we got like a little Piece of granite countertop for twenty bucks that we're gonna put in our our new uh, little apartment we're gonna be moving into this weekend, and and so I went and got it, but I realized they hadn't cut the edges off, so it was just a slab of of uh, um, uncut granite, and so I was like, well, great, because you know you can't just cut granite with some with a saw; you need to have a diamond bit uh, saw, and so. And it costs a few hundred dollars to have someone come cut it from you at least. Plus, a lot of them don't really want to because it's just a small job for them and not really worth it. So I, I started texting and calling around to some of my different the different people I know to see if any of them knew, if they knew anyone that had the tools to do it or if they knew someone that could do it. Um, Cause ideally if you can find someone that has the tools, they can give you, they can let you borrow the tool and then they can even give you tips on how to, how to use the tool. And then you can do it yourself or they might even come over and help you depending on the situation. So I asked all the people I knew and I, uh, and no one knew anyone, but then finally I found, uh, a guy that I've worked with and, and he, he had one. So he's like, yeah, come over and you can borrow it. And and so I went and got it and he gave me a few tips, you know, you want to make sure that you spray it with us, have someone sit there and squirt it with a squirt bottle as you're going. And, and so, so that's what I did. So I said I borrowed the tool, set up the, the countertop and got uh, my little brother to, to just get a little squirt bottle and sit there and squirt the blade while I cut the granite and it went pretty well. It's not a very straight cut. It was definitely not done by a professional, but for what we're using it for, it worked out perfectly. And so we have, we now have this, we have a granite countertop, which would have probably cost us five or $600 to put in and it ended up costing us $20 to get the slab in the first place. And then um, and then just a little bit of work, it probably took me an hour to cut it. And uh, because I was able to borrow the tool from uh, from this guy you know And now he's going to kind of feel good Because cause he helped me out I feel good because I got this I ended up having a nice situation Plus uh, my little brother was able to help me So that was nice as well So all of these different things Helped me to make my life a little better And everyone else feels good about it too So that's just one uh, little example of how how it can make our lives good in the short term as well so i think the more i've learned about the more i think that making these connections with other people is one of the most powerful things we can do and i think that's really what separates successful people from non-successful people at the end of the day is it's not what you know it's who you know Uh, making these good connections so that you can all help each other out and and you obviously i don't want to turn this into the social connections show but but you you want to make sure that you are not doing it just to um, to get something out of it because people can see right through that. If you're like, "Huh, this person's a really successful person. I'm just going to go and uh, make them like me so that I can get all sorts of favors." People can see right through that. And so they're not going to they're they're not going to like that. Um, people can tell it's not sincere. And so you want to do it in a way that you are honestly wanting to be friendly with everyone and to make connections with people and help people out. And and then the good will just come from it naturally. It's one of those weird those weird things where just by trying to be nice and, and helpful to people, it will make your life better. Uh, so anyway, you want to do it from a place of sincerity, not just trying to get something out of it. But with that being said, I think that pretty much covers it. So once again, to kind of recap the most important things, get insurance, uh, focus on uh, your savings, uh, look at your food storage, and try to make connections. I think those are kind of the four big things that can really help in pretty much every situation. Um, Oh, and I forgot I was going to also tack on there at the end to have a plan if you need to leave your house because having food storage is nice but if you have to like get out because there's you know a fire coming um towards your house or uh or you know a hurricane or something you've got to leave have a plan for how you're going to leave as well um so i didn't talk about that one too much but but that's something that you also should keep in mind especially depending on where you live so but anyway, if you have any other thoughts for me, go ahead. Once again, the website, solvemyworld.com. Uh, you can send me some feedback on the forum on the side, or you can put a comment on the, uh, on the blog post. And, uh, and yeah, leave me some feedback. Let me know if you have any questions for me. Um, I would like to, to answer people's questions if they have any. I think that would be kind of fun, and it kind of uh, forced me to look at some some different subjects. Or think of things in a little bit of different way. So it's it's nice to have questions to answer from people. Um, as well, if you have ideas for things for me to talk about, send them my way. and Or just suggestions, comments, whatever. On the website, solvemyworld.com. But I think with that, I'll go ahead and say that this has been another episode of the Solve My World podcast, helping us to find solutions to the problems in our personal lives as well as in the world around us. I'll talk to you guys next time.